Welcome to the Emancipate Your Mind podcast. I'm your host, Certified Religious Transition and Trauma Recovery Coach, Terry Hales. I help people step out of the shadows of religious fear and shame and embrace their authentic selves with love and empathy. If you're ready to throw off the shackles of learned binary thinking and explore a more nuanced approach to life, this is your playground. And welcome back to the Emancipate Your Mind podcast. It is time for the midweek question and answer. I love these midweek questions. You guys ask the questions and I get to just answer them and have fun with them. And I will tell you this week's question. Mm, I was, I almost didn't answer this week's question. I almost chose something different, but the reason I chose This week's question is because it has been the single most asked question since I've gone through my faith transition four years ago. It's the question that my family members have asked me, my friends have asked me, strangers on the street have asked me, and now you guys have asked me on Instagram page, it's been asked on TikTok, it's been asked on Facebook, it has been asked over and over and over again. And actually, as I was thinking about the question, I'm like, you know, there's a lot of things I'd like people to know about this question. So at the end of this episode, I will definitely just simply answer the question. But before that, I'm going to help you explore yourself a little bit and kind of really get into how to answer this question for others if you are in faith transition and um, get asked this question a lot, or if you are somebody that is still a faithful member of a church or you're watching someone else go through faith transition and it maybe doesn't make sense to you. Really, how to get curious with yourself and get a little bit more clear about what's going on for you. So this week's question is, what do you believe now? All right. Are you ready to hop in? Let's do it. Why are you asking? That's always the question that comes up for me when somebody says, okay, so you've left your religion or you've transitioned in your beliefs. So what do you believe in now? One of the questions that always comes up for me because I'm a question asker, it's what I do as a coach. When somebody makes a statement, I always have curiosity questions to help people get clearer with themselves about what's going on in their own heads and get to know themselves better. That's my job as a coach is not to tell you what to do. It's to help you get to know you better so you can make those decisions from your own inner knowing. So it makes sense that the first question that comes up for me when somebody asks, what do you believe now? Is always, why are you asking? And here's why. Often when we ask, what do you believe now? It can be evidence of beliefs that we have in our subconscious about the way the world should be. Some of the common beliefs that have come up are that only people who believe in God are, you know, trustworthy. Or on the other hand, I've met atheists or people who don't believe in God or who have gone through their own faith transition that are like, only if you don't believe in God, are you trustworthy? And so really getting clear, is that something that's going on in my head? Am I believing that all of the information must come from people who believe the same as me? Am I asking this person, do they believe in God or what do they believe now so that I can see, can I trust their information? 
Am I going to take them seriously? Am I going to listen with my full ears or am I going to, you know, run the other direction or stop up my ears and block them out? So that's the first question I want to ask you is listen to your thoughts. And the reason this is important is because so often we get into a habit of confirmation bias, which means we only listen to sources or people that believe the same as we do, that come from the same point of view and belief system that we do. And this can be problematic because we're only getting one side of the story. So whether you believe in God and you believe that maybe I don't, or if you don't believe in God and you're worried that maybe I do, really open yourself up to, do I have a belief that people only have valid things to say when they believe the same as me. This is just a chance for you to get curious with yourself and just notice where you might be discounting information that comes from sources that don't already align with your values. Because when we do this, we're participating in confirmation bias, which is a normal thing that our brains do, but it can keep us only hearing one side of the story and it can keep us from growing. And so it's an important question to ask. The next limiting belief that may be kind of hidden under this question is the fear that you may be susceptible to false information. And you guys, with the spread of false information, this is so important. It's important to kind of pick up on this, that maybe you're afraid of false information. I know I sometimes am as well. This is going to be about learning to trust yourself. If you have this thought in your head, Learning to trust yourself to critically think and question everyone and everything, including yourself. One of the best ways we can keep ourselves safe from misinformation is to just question. Question everything. Don't buy anything wholesale. And that includes this podcast. Do not ever consider me the expert or consider me the guru in your life. I am not. You are the expert in your own life. And so if you will question everything, critically think, disagree with me, call me into question, research yourself, please, by all means, do that. Learn to do this with everything and you will keep yourself safe from misinformation and you'll allow yourself to critically think and to grow and to find a life path that feels right and good for you. The third thing is sometimes we have this belief that we need to follow a leader who has all the answers, kind of like I was talking about before, this idea that we need a guru to tell us what to do. This often comes when we haven't quite learned to trust ourselves, and that is really common after leaving high-demand religion, where we're used to authority telling us what to do. And I'm going to say it again, I am not the authority in your life. This podcast is never, ever, my coaching is never, ever about telling you what to do in your life. It is about me teaching you what I've learned in my own journey with the hope that you will take it in, critically think about it, question it, take the parts that feed your life and feed what feels good to you and leave the parts that don't serve you. Okay? So please know that when you ask me, what do you believe now? This is actually what's going on in my head. I know some of you are just curious and we're going to get to that. And I am going to answer your curiosity questions, but get curious with yourself right now and just 
take a moment. If you need to pause this podcast, take a moment and just dig down into your own psyche and get curious with yourself and ask yourself, what am I hoping to gain from that question? What am I looking for? And then just listen non-judgmentally to whatever comes up. If you have a hard time getting in touch with your subconscious, make it a writing exercise, or you can make it a stream of consciousness exercise. And let me tell you what I'm talking about. So a writing exercise, whenever I really want to know what I'm thinking and I'm having a hard time getting in touch with subconscious thoughts or what, you know, what limits might be there for me, I will put the question at the top of a page. What am I hoping to get from knowing what Terry believes now? What am I hoping to get from her belief in God or non-belief in God? And then just write whatever comes to mind. Don't worry about punctuation or whether it makes sense. Just whatever comes to mind, get it on the page because that's going to bring it up into the conscious where you can read it again with your conscious brain and get curious about what's on the page. The same thing happens with the stream of consciousness exercise. Just turn on your recording device on your phone and just talk. Talk through everything. Ask yourself questions. Go back and listen to the recording and ask yourself more questions if you need to. And just keep asking yourself questions until you're really able to get down into the subconscious of what you really think and why you think that. Okay, now that that's out of the way, really let's dig into this question. What do you believe now? The first thing that I want to talk about is that one of the big things that we run up against whenever we've left a high demand religion especially where there's been a lot of certainty and there's been the binary thinking of there's a right way to think and there's a wrong way to think is we can get stuck in finding our own beliefs because we're so worried about finding the right way to believe. So one of these important steps is when I hear you say, what do you believe now? I'm also hearing you say, how do I figure out what I believe now? And so I'm going to take you through those steps. One of the very first things that we're going to do in order to figure out what you believe now is to get out of binary thinking. When we've come from high demand religion, where there's a right way to believe and there's a wrong way to believe, there's a right God, a true God, and there's a whole bunch of false gods, and you go to the good place when you follow the right God, and you go to the bad place when you follow the wrong God. It can be really difficult to get out of our own ways when we're figuring out what do I believe now, because there's a lot of subconscious fear messages about the consequences of following quote unquote false gods. Okay, so really getting clear with yourself of where you're looking for certainty, where you're looking for the truth, where you're looking for the right way to be. And you are trying to go from the certain container that you were in before where you had all of the answers. And now for one reason or another, those answers don't feel like they're serving you. They don't feel true anymore. They don't feel right anymore. And allowing yourself to break that I have to be certain cycle. Because often what happens is we leave the certain container and we go and we look for another certain container where we're trying to find So that one wasn't the true church. Now we're looking for the true church or the true faith or the true leader, the true guru, the the true pastor. And the fact of the matter is our understanding of God is filtered through humanity and our understanding of no God is filtered through humanity. 
So there is no interpretation of God that is not in some way tainted by the humanity of the teller. The bias of the teller, the limiting beliefs and subconscious tapes of the teller. So it's important that we're not looking necessarily for the true God, but for what feels true and supportive to you. Where that becomes a bit of an issue for some people is we want to be unified in our beliefs. But the the problem is, is that we all have such different experiences here in life. We have such different upbringings, such different ways of coping with childhood trauma, with the things that we've experienced, that I don't believe that there is a one-size-fits-all God or a one-size-fits-all non-belief in God. I believe that all of us create a relationship with a God or non-God in a way that serves us and helps us feel safe, helps us feel seen, helps us tap into our own intuition and inner knowing, helps us relate with other people, relate with humanity, relate with the earth, with everything that is created here on the earth. Really what we're looking for is understanding of ourselves, how the world works, and our place in the world. At the root of God, that is what we're looking for. Who am I? What is my purpose? Am I safe? Can I grow? How do I connect with others? How do I find answers for the hard, difficult things that happen in my life? And that way of relating, those things are going to be different for every single person. In fact, if we were able to tap in to people's psyche in our old high demand religion, I think we would find, I think we would be very surprised to find that everyone has a different view of God according to their different personalities, their different experiences, their different relationships with their own parents, their different um, attachment styles and attachment needs. And this is really just allowing that to be. It's allowing that all of us, even if we're in the same faith group, have a different personalized version of God. And that gets to be true for you outside of your faith or religion as well. That we all have a different way of perceiving our connection to ourselves and to others and our sense of purpose and value in the world and our ways of making sense of death, our ways of making sense of life events and tragedy and that that's okay. And going along with that is probably the next point, which is really getting comfortable with uncertainty. If you guys have ever read any of Anne Lamott's stuff, it's so good. Um, her book, Further Thoughts on Faith, oh, mind-blowing. She has a quote in there that says, the opposite of faith isn't doubt, it's certainty. Faith includes noticing the mess, the emptiness, the discomfort, and letting it be there until light returns. And I really find this inspiring because any of you who have gone through faith transition, whether you stay in your faith or you change faiths or you become a person of no religion or no faith, we all know this feeling of uncertainty, this mess, this emptiness that she talks about, this wild discomfort, you know, it's become our constant companion. Um, it is the, the soup that we are sitting in, if you will. It's, 
it is our reality, the discomfort, the mess, the emptiness. When you deconstruct your faith, that describes so well that feeling. And it is really tempting to want to go from, I have all of the answers, which is how we felt in our high demand religion, to I have no answers. I don't know. And allowing ourselves just to sit in the discomfort of not knowing. There is a lot of healing that happens in that place. And there's a lot of knowledge about ourselves, about the world, about our beliefs and our values that come from the discomfort of being in the uncertainty. The other beautiful thing that happens in uncertainty is this is where growth happens. When we are certain, we're no longer looking for further light and knowledge. Sorry, that's a Mormonism. But we're no longer looking for for wisdom. We're no longer looking, seeking for truth. We're no longer uh, questioning or getting curious because we know. And I think in every religion, there is this push for faith, right? There's this push to believe and to be curious and to allow ourselves to to expand our thought process and to think outside of, of ourselves. And having faith is, is just believing that there's more out there, that there's more growth, that there's more that maybe we don't understand. Faith is what happens when we don't understand. And we're so quick. Our human brains are so quick to try to tie it all up in a neat bow and to be certain, to have a story that makes sense for why the sun rises every morning, for why the floods come, for why lightning is so dangerous, for why we have droughts and famine, for why people die before it's their time, or if there ever is a time for people to die, for why we experience tragedy, for all of these things. We want certainty. We want stories that make sense to us. We want it all wrapped up in a nice bow. And so often we turn to religion for these certain stories. But once we become certain, we quit getting curious. And when we quit getting curious, we quit growing. So allow yourself to be in this uncomfortable place that can feel a little dark. It can feel a little messy. It can feel a little scary. Allowing yourself to sit in that uncomfortable place of uncertainty. Understand that it is the place where growth happens. It's the place where more light and more understanding and more intuition happen. And even though it feels like the lights are out and you don't have the story for why things happen, that it is in this place that we get to know ourselves and our place in the world and we get to just feel around and, and experience whatever it is that we experience. So you're safe in the dark and just to allow yourself to be there until the light returns, to allow yourself to listen and hear what you hear, to touch what you touch, to feel what you feel, to experience whatever you experience and understand that it's part of growth and it's part of self-awareness and it's part of just getting to know you. When the lights are out, you're left with yourself. And it's a beautiful place to learn to have a relationship with you and to learn to have a relationship with who you are inside. It's a great place for introspection. 
getting comfortable with uncertainty is a big part of figuring out what do I believe now? So my personal research really revolves around um, codependency in religion. And I'm not ready to release all of my research out into the world, but for many of us that come from high-demand religions, particularly ones that had a lot of control and influence in the way that we saw the world, the way we thought, the way we felt, the information we took in, many of us were taught to believe in a God that was abusive. Perhaps the God you were taught about was the one that would strike you with lightning the moment you had a bad thought or did a bad deed or the one that would burn you in hell for, you know, the slightest infraction. Maybe the God you were taught about was volatile in that maybe sometimes he was really loving and kind and trustworthy, but he eroded that trust over time because he also could turn on you in an instant, belittle you or shame you in an instant, teach you that you're worthless without him. So depending on which God you were taught about, whether you were taught about the angry God or the God that really was volatile and you never knew which God you were going to get, whether you were going to get the loving God today or whether you were going to get the God that was really judgmental and really abusive and shameful, or whether you were taught a loving God. If you were taught a loving God, this one's not for you. The God that allows you to fully bloom into who you are and loves and accepts you and your mistakes and encourages you to grow and thinks that you're amazing and beautiful and never shames you and never threatens you with scary things to keep you in line. If that's the God you believe in, that's beautiful. That's typically healthy religion. My experience has been most of us don't have this experience. So if that is your experience and you're listening to this, yay for you. (laughs) You grew up in a unicorn household. Many of us were taught that God has a scary side, a jealous side, a, an angry side, a wrathful side. And that sometimes the rules for when that wrath or that anger, that judgment come down, don't necessarily make sense. And so it becomes a very threatening place to live because we're not entirely sure if we're going to be acceptable or lovable to God when we get on the other side. If this was your experience with God and you have transitioned out of whatever your faith is, it's okay to take time to heal. In fact, it is imperative that we take time to heal our wounds, our God wounds that we have. What I think is interesting is in any other relationship, if we were in an abusive relationship with a spouse, for instance, and we had been in this relationship for years and years, decades upon decades, and we finally got up the courage to look closely and honestly at our relationship with the spouse and decided, you know what? I deserve better than this. I'm going to leave. If we left that relationship and we're running headlong into another relationship with a different spouse, like we were just jumping right into dating, jumping right into another serious relationship, I think every single family member or friend we had would be like, what in the world? No, stop. Take time for yourself. Go get therapy. Really listen to what's going on. Undo these patterns that you created with this abusive person before you jump into another relationship because 
we all understand that in human relationships, if we jump out of one abusive relationship and head right into another relationship, we're so conditioned for abuse that we're so likely to head into another abusive relationship and just create the same mistakes all over again, but with a different person. I can't help but believe this is true when we're having a relationship with God as well. If we've been taught to have a relationship with an abusive or volatile God, it makes sense that we take time to sit by ourselves and maybe might not want a relationship with God for a while. While we heal ourselves and we heal our God wounds, we heal that relationship with some higher power than ourselves so that the next time we attempt a relationship with a higher power, a divine being of some sort or a divine energy or power, whatever feels comfortable for you, that it will be a beautiful, loving, trustworthy relationship, a a relationship where we feel safe, not a relationship where we primarily feel ashamed and scared. Just know (laughs) whenever people are like, what do you believe now? It comes so quickly after our faith transition that it makes me wonder if people feel uncomfortable with our not knowing, if they feel uncomfortable with our not having a relationship with the divine, because again, we have those deep subconscious wounds that we're in danger when we're not in relationship with a God. But I can't help but believe that if there is a God that he is, or she is, or it is, mighty and big enough to handle us healing and working through whatever abuse we were taught about the nature of God. It makes sense that we would take time for ourselves to heal that wound before we ever attempt to have another relationship because we understand that when we create abusive patterns in our life, when we fall into abusive patterns in our life, when we accept abusive patterns in our life or we're conditioned for them that until we heal those things we'll just create that same pattern over and over and over and over again so if you're in a place where you're taking time to heal know that that is absolutely healthy and it makes sense And I think any of us too, if we had a friend that got out of a super abusive relationship with a spouse and they took time to heal and they decided, I will never have a relationship like that again. I will just have friends. I will do other things to get my needs met. None of us would be judging that person. We would all understand that that relationship was so volatile and abusive that they have no desire to go back there again. We have to have that same understanding for people who are like, I'm done with God. I can't have a relationship with God anymore because what I experienced was so abusive and so detrimental to my well-being that I just don't even want to go there anymore. That's completely okay. And we need to make space for that as well. Okay, the next thing I want to talk about is really not about what I believe, you guys. It's about what you believe. We talked about this. It's about what helps you feel connected to yourself, what helps you feel connected to the world and all of the people in the world, what helps you feel like you have value and purpose here. That is what is important. It's not really that important what I believe because my belief has nothing to do with your life. Only your belief has something to do with your life. 
So a lot of people at this point in coaching will ask, well, what if I don't know what I believe now? This is such a good question. In fact, this is the question. What if I don't know what I believe now? What I'm hearing is, how do I figure out what I believe? If you're at that place where you're like, how do I figure out what I believe and value? I'm just going to give you a tiny step here to start practicing. Just a step one, if you will. Learn to ask yourself curiosity questions and then to listen to your answers without judgment. Earlier in the episode, I told you about my two ways that I go about asking myself questions and listening without judgment, and that is stream of consciousness recording and vomit journaling is what I call it, where I just write whatever comes to mind in my journal. I ask myself a question and then I just write and I allow my subconscious to come up to the surface and to answer that question as I write. And I write until I feel complete and whole. And I just get curious with myself. I want to get to know myself. I want to get to know me. I want to know what makes me tick. I want to know underneath the layers what I really believe. And the more curious I get with myself, the more I want to know myself, and the more I can listen to whatever comes up without judgment, the clearer I'm going to get about what I believe and what I value independent of anyone else. And it's a beautiful thing to get in touch with yourself in that way because as you do that, you're going to strengthen your connection to your intuition, to that inner authority that's inside of you that will guide you to a God that feels good to you or a non-belief in God that feels good to you. It's going to guide you to your sense of purpose and your sense of contribution in the world and your feeling of being rooted and having having trust that you're exactly who you're meant to be and what you're meant to be doing and that you can trust yourself to have your own back. It all comes from just getting to know yourself. We can't have a relationship with someone we're unwilling to get to know. And I know that this can feel scary at first, especially if you've been in a high demand religion where you've had a pseudo identity and you thought you were trusting yourself. I get it. I understand that it can be difficult. It can feel scary. But just know this is just curiosity. It's just knowledge. It's just getting to know yourself and in no way, shape, or form can that hurt you. Things may come up to the surface that do hurt that you may decide that you want counseling with or guidance with. There may be things that you have to process that that trigger you or are deep wounds that maybe have not healed completely, but that is the process of healing. And once you've been able to identify and move through those wounds, They can't hurt you anymore because they start to heal and scab over and then, and then they don't hurt anymore because they're healed. So getting curious with ourselves is a beautiful thing that we can do to deepen that self-trust and to get to know what we believe and what we value independent of anyone else. And last, what do I believe? So This is such an interesting question because I think the only thing I can tell you for certain that I believe in is that I'm open to learning more. I don't in any way, shape, or form pretend to have things figured out. I've gotten really comfortable in the uncertainty and I find beauty in many religious teachings, but I also find harm in many religious teachings 
And so I keep what serves me and I slough off what doesn't. I love the idea of having a connection to a divine masculine, but I also love the idea of having a connection to a divine feminine. I like the idea that I am lovable and that whatever deity that might be out there, whatever creative force is incredibly proud of me and loves me completely the way I love myself. And that if there is a deity, that's the only kind that I could have a relationship with is someone who sees me fully and sees my goodness, but sees my weakness as well, but loves me not in spite of it, but because of it, because my strength, my weakness, my perspective, my personality make me a completely unique, uncopyable version of humanity that you can't get the Terry experience anywhere except with Terry. And that makes me precious. And it makes you precious because you are the same. The things you've been through, the way you look at life, your doubts, your thoughts, your feelings, no one else on the entire planet in the entire universe is just like you. You are a completely original creation or a completely original manifestation. And so I look at the relationships in my life where I feel safe and loved and valued and where I trust and all of those relationships revolve around people seeing my value and knowing that getting to witness this creation is is a gift and where I am able to extend that to them as well. That we understand that it is a gift to get to spend time in each other's presence. So I imagine a God that loves in that way, that wants what's best for me, that is cheering for me. I imagine a good friend. Now, here's the thing. I also see value in non-belief in God. So the only thing that I am certain about is that I'm uncertain and that I'm open to learning. So on any given day, on every given day, I'm agnostic. But depending on the day, I may be an agnostic theist or I may be an agnostic atheist. It just depends on the day. It depends on my experience and how connected I feel to myself that day, to others, what I've been reading, what I've been exploring. The only thing I know for certain about myself is that I'm open and that on the days where I'm an agnostic atheist, it's because I'm really rooting into trust in myself and my ability to create the change I desire in the world. And on the days where I feel like an agnostic theist, it's because I'm really longing for that connection to a loving force that can mirror to me my divine purpose, whatever that might be. I go back and forth and I like this space because it helps me really just learn and grow and be open to new experiences and to never feel like I have it all figured out. And I love that experience of being open to hearing other people and never feeling like I have all the answers or I have it all figured out. And that feels like an exciting adventure to me because I'm never going to get to a place where I know it all. There will always be more to learn. And that feels like heaven to me. That feels delicious to recognize that 
I get to forever learn and grow and I never have to be bored. There's always something more to learn and understand. That's me. That's what serves me. My challenge to you is to figure out what serves you and to root into trust with yourself and your belief. Thanks for joining me this week. If you have more questions, if you have things that you would love for me to answer, please send an email. The email address is in the show notes. It's terry at emancipatedcoaching.com or you can message me at my Instagram at emancipatedmolly. I would love to hear from you. I'd love to hear your questions. And I really do love this midweek question and answer where I just get to talk to you from my heart. There's not as much research. I just get to tell you what I found and what I've experienced. And I just get to share some of my favorite authors and quotes and things that I've read with you, understanding that you get to take what's going to serve you and leave behind what doesn't as we root into our inner authority and we live lives authentically according to us. Thank you, and we'll see you on Sunday.